everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Laughing at my own post on Instagram from last night. That elephant one made me laugh. That one with the with the elephant. That That was really good. By the way, we're live. So anyone watching, welcome to the EC method. Live. I've actually prepped for this. Have you? Yep. I've got all my questions ready. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I have prepped my face, apparently. <laughs> oh, amazing. But I have um, fully well prepped done. For, for the podcast. Well okay. done. And everyone um, everyone on the Facebook who's either watching this live or it will watch it later, <laughs> I love that we presume. I know that so many of them don't watch it. Um, we are not doing a Wednesday live. We're going to do a Thursday live um, because... Home girl is in London again, but I will. Uh, I'll put that on the group. <laughs> Your home girl. Your home girl's in in, in Londres. In Londres. Okay, excellent. Right. Okay. So first question. Hey, ladies. I love this lifestyle change. You are amazing. Thanks. I had a bad <laughs> week last week, but the podcast is helping me change my mindset. Question. I feel like I've plateaued on my weight, especially with squats and deadlifts. Any tips on increasing weight, or is it just that? It's in my head. Um, oh, and when can we sign up for round two? So the last part is quite easy. Guys, do not stress. Some some of you have already signed up for round two. I'm like, no, no, no. Wait until you finish this round. You will have a whole week to sign up. And I know that we're like saying that, like, because the numbers are capped out with you guys. Like, you guys get access to sign up before anyone else. So you have a whole week to sign up before anyone out with the EC method gets to sign up. So do not stress about that. You will have plenty of time to do that. Don't do it now. Wait till the end to do it. Mm-hmm. So the first part of the question. Do you want to? Do you want to start on that? So she's yeah, um, in squats and deadlifts. So, uh, okay. Well, there are so many ways to break through a weightlifting plateau. Um, my favorite way would be if you were to start doing pyramid sets just this would be like a first port of call like an immediate plan of action to see if this worked and it might not but if you start doing pyramid sets so if you um there are two ways to do this you can either start the exercise at a lower weight than you normally would and see if by decreasing reps with each set you can work your way up past your plateau Um, and it might mean that you start doing 12 reps and you end by doing six but um, you're breaking through that plateau, which is great. And eventually you'll be strong enough to do a whole sets and rep range with that higher weight. Or the other flip way of doing it is to start heavier, do a warm up set, obviously, warm your body up, and then start heavier and aim to just smash out one or two reps of a heavier weight that you want to do or have many you can do. And then you drop back down from there. So you, you decrease down in weight. So those are two really good ways of trying like a pyramid set to blast through a plateau. Um, 
Another good thing that I find is if you take like a deload week, so you can either take the week off training or you can drastically reduce your training, um, your intensity, your volume, how many times a day, how many times a week, sorry, your training. Um, and I really like to also match that with maybe a diet break week um, and then go back in the gym and see if you can push past that plateau in the following week. Um, but yeah, those are a few ideas for me. Emma, what do you like to tell clients to do? Okay, so I think what you might be experiencing is, in a way, a plateau is a good thing because it means that you've sort of reached that level of strength where actually it's a bit harder to get better. So when you first start resistance training, you will probably build a fair amount of muscle quite quickly because your tissue is very responsive to that new stimulus. But you'll also increase your strength very quickly, not necessarily because you're building muscle, but because you're ability to recruit the muscle that you actually have has increased so you might see like let's just look at like if it was your bench press you might go from 20 kilograms to 30 kilograms within a couple of weeks and then you're expecting in two weeks to go up to 40 probably much less likely like that might be a bit of a sticking point for you where that sticking point is will be individual but it kind of means that you've like reached your newbie gain upper limit and now you have to start working a bit harder to get those increases in strength um but so i think it's actually it's a really good sign that you're doing really well the other thing is when you get to this stage and if strength is your goal you might want to look at programming slightly different um so if strength was really your your goal like kind of touching on what um chloe was saying but more like actually focusing on a strength program so you might do three weeks where you're lifting very heavy and then as close saying like a deload week and the whole point is that you increase that weight and then deload and then you should be able to lift heavier than the weight that you that you were on before the deload sort of thing but once you get to a sort of plateau stage then maybe looking at more resistance training in that aspect I'm assuming you have a gym if you're like yeah she must she must have a gym that's actually an amazing point it depends on your goal you're right like if if strength training is your goal you need to start looking at really effective programming for that and that is a whole other kettle of fish and yeah you know i don't i i have like powerlifters and people that i do like nutrition bits for and i help along to make weight classes and stuff but i don't program for them because that's not my speciality i would have a very good guess as to how to do it properly but it's not my thing um and if i were you if, if really that is the goal that strength training powerlifting, whatever it is um you need to basically reach out to an appropriate coach who can program that like really effectively for you i know yeah. of a few who could emma I, emma emma might be able to can, yeah that I, I mean i can and i have done like i used to do this a lot with like you know huge excel spreadsheets where you put in your lifts and it like calculates the percentage you should be lifting each week and all this stuff yeah and it's really like yeah. it is really interesting to do and you will get massive strength gains doing that if you stick to every single thing even when it and i think when you start a strength block sometimes you're like i could lift heavier than this but the point is that you stick to the reps and the weight that you're giving it and that's what's slightly different about um progressive strength training and like linear progression blocks that there'll be blocks of like 16 weeks so you're not like oh we'll change program every two weeks like it is consistent In some ways, it's quite boring. You're doing the same lifts. Um, You're increasing by like 0.2 of a kilogram every other week or whatever it is. So, yeah, I can absolutely do that. Or 
like that's not really my speciality anymore and I'm more than happy to refer out to someone who loves doing that sort of stuff so yeah if that's what you want to do then maybe reach out to us and we can direct you in the way of a one-to-one coach yeah actually on the one-to-one coach thing like obviously guys we're giving you your workouts and we're giving you like meal plans we're giving you files we're on the facebook group every day you know you're tagging us in questions we're answering them um but just be aware that like this is group coaching and if you are looking for one-on-one coaching um you know maybe you need to flag that with us um but it is obviously what i'm trying to say is that we will try and do everything like as much as we can to help all of you out individually but this isn't one-on-one coaching which is obviously reflected in you know the 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 size of the group and also the price um so if you are really looking for that and you really want that specific attention between you and a coach a be aware that it is going to cost you a bit a fair amount more money um but b um ask emma and i you know privately if you want that kind of service or if we can refer you to someone who can i'm not entirely sure that i even have the time to be doing that right now but um i just wanted to flag that because i think a few people are maybe a, a yeah maybe Mm -hmm. kind of yeah i agree and actually sometimes this is quite good like you do the eight weeks you get into it and then you're like okay i need something that's a bit like i understand the basics now i have this foundation i now want to move into something that's a bit more personalized to me and i do some one-to-one coaching and i'm more happy to refer you to people who would suit your goals so if at the end of this eight weeks you think maybe i'll stay on or maybe i want to do some one-to-one work like we can discuss that with you anyway moving on I have a massive sweet tooth and have always struggled having just a little bit of chocolate slash cakes. I've read in a magazine that sugar leaves you hungrier than you had been before you started, Um, which is how I feel when I eat high sugar foods. Obviously, it's not the case for everyone, as some people seem to be satisfied with just a little bit. I'm thinking I'm like an alcoholic who has to go teetotal and I'm going to have to cut out sugary treats for good. What are your thoughts? Um, okay, so obviously there's loads of different ways to tackle this. The first thing is, yes, to cut it and kind of go cold turkey. I have found that I've had my most successful dieting phases when I've gone quite savage uh, like that. Because, you know, if, if you really do love, you know, love the taste of it and love, obviously, you're going to get a bit of a sugar high and you react to that Um then it's probably a really good idea just to cut it out completely if you're in a, if you're in a fat loss phase. Obviously, the other alternative is that you track it and you allow for some of it, um, allow, allow for a little bit of it every day or every week. Um, and the reason we say that is because that, that obviously you can create some some weird behaviors around food. If you just cut something out completely, you tell yourself you can't have it. It can lead to binge eating. Um, and obviously we have a few people in the group right now who are dealing with that. And by the way, guys, you're dealing with it so bloody well. And we're so proud of you, like the way that you're reaching out and you're like trying to tackle it. Fantastic. Um, but that's what it can lead to by being really, really restrictive and aggressive with food, food like that. Um, however, by the same, you know, side of the coin, if you're aware of that and you, and you, you kind of really monitor that when you decide to cut it out, you should be fine. Um, but just be aware of it. And yeah, I tend to find that I have to cut stuff out and go cold turkey um emma oh yeah like i'm like where do you start with this so mm-hmm. i think i agree there is a time and a place and i've done some really restrictive diets but knowing why i'm doing it and no, like i think the understanding has to be there so knowing i could have cake if i want it but at the moment i'm choosing not to have it 
and it's not so much like because I feel like I would overeat after it but just because I feel like those like 300 calories would be better spent somewhere else in terms of my satiety given the place you're at or where I think you're at um, I would suggest including your sweet treats because you're not prepping for a bodybuilding show or a photo shoot like this is meant to be lifelong and and also like Chloe's saying with the some of the people that are struggling with this over restriction over indulgence cycle a massive win for them is that not happening is not binging like that is a huge win way bigger win than if they lose any weight however the fact that they're stopping binging will mean that they lose weight like that will make it far easier to lose weight in a sustainable way but it's the same almost with this like you could cut it out but actually I think a win for you would be including it within your calories and not overeating like that's that's a huge thing and if you can do that over time that's what's going to make this diet long-term and successful so I would say start having like if you're talking about like a little chocolate bar or something have it after your meal if you still want it so what I don't want people to do is have it as like I'm really hungry I really want a chocolate bar I'll just have a chocolate bar as a snack that's when you overeat after it because obviously a chocolate bar does not fill you up like it's not satiating (laughs) in the same way that a meal is so if you're like okay I'm gonna have my meal and then I'm gonna have I don't know whatever it is like with a cup of tea afterwards great like that's a much better way to do it and you're much less likely to overeat because you've already had a meal in you and not only is that like physiologically you're not as hungry but also psychologically you're like okay well you know I had a really quote-unquote good dinner you know it had protein in it had lots of fruit and veg in and and I've had a great day of eating I don't want to overeat now so I'm just going to enjoy this bit of chocolate and that's the end of my day I think we would be far prouder of you if you can include something that you like rather than going teetotal because that only ends in at some point you having that chocolate and when you've not had it for ages then it's much more likely you're going to overeat. Yeah I think that's amazing advice I love that have your meal and then you can have the chocolate you're right and then you just like when you were a kid isn't it? Yeah 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 like your mum wasn't like oh yeah go have like go have your ice cream before dinner it's like that's what you have after dinner this is where i go wrong on christmas morning is that the first thing i start eating is chocolate and that's it then it's just the chocolate chocolate all day like so in my stocking my dad will put hang on oh mother of god um (laughs) in my stocking my dad will put a terry's chocolate orange and he'll put a chocolate santa maybe some other kind of like you know fancy pants like selfridges chocolate oh like chocolate coins always oh, like, yeah, or the big always, one yeah. and before i know it it's like it's like 2 p.m and i've had i thousands of calories worth of chocolate and i'm still going i mean it is a free-for-all but uh yeah that's yeah, my, but that's christmas calories too. don't I don't, know, I don't have yeah <laughs> christmas calories do not count also i think this says a lot about me because I remember, like, I would always get chocolate coins in my stocking as well. Like, when I was really young, I used to keep them for as long as possible because I didn't want, like, my brother oh, to have... Uh, no. <laughs> but this is why it backfires, okay? I didn't want my brother to have chocolate when I didn't have it if I'd eaten all of mine. But then I'd leave it so long, you know, and you open it and it's, like, white because it's gross. Like, it's, white. like, gone yeah. off. Yeah. 
there you go um, do you know what i would like i would walk into people like friends houses and see like an easter egg like months after easter or like a chocolate center months after christmas and i'd be like are you fucking kidding like who are you how have you done james was the same james has like a cupboard in his office full of like chocolate he's been given over the years he's just not eating it emma where have you gone just gone to get my Don't easter me. egg <laughs> Okay, we're, I cannot relate to this on any level. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Is it okay to miss a workout but go for a run, or do we have to do all five plus other training? So this is a quick one. I would say three minimum of our workouts, and then if you want to go for a run, great. But, like, at least get three in. And I would say it would be great if you could get five workouts in, three of which being ours. Thoughts? Yeah, Fine. we've, we've done yeah we've done this a lot it's every other day if you want to do something else yoga swimming running every other day so one of ours one of yours one of ours one of yours and you'll be sweet one for you one for me great okay this is a good one it's not a question but um she's saying she hasn't seen much changes in the on the scales which she's not really fussed about because she feels strong and she looks better in the mirror um and she's been checking herself out after the shower that's great but also, she feels taller because her posture is much better. That's cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, okay. I'm stuck. I'm plateaued for real, guys. I've been plateaued for a minute on 60 kg, and I always plateau here. And I've increased my expenditure, and I've decreased my intake, and nothing's moving. And this is where I know I have to be patient. I ain't going to do it again a second week in a row. I've got to leave it for a minute and just see what my body does. So, you know, the plateau happens and you've got to be patient. Yeah. Okay, advice on when to eat before training and thoughts on training on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. I need to get my workout in first thing, but eating and waiting for it to digest means that I get distracted by other things and my motivation is gone. But sometimes I feel like I'm running on empty if I train without eating first. Such a conundrum conundrum um okay so it's absolutely fine to train fasted i think as emma and i have mentioned before if you're going into the gym and you're doing like a big heavy leg day or like a back day a big muscle group that's going to require a lot of force we really don't want you to do that fasted we really want you guys to eat beforehand um however if you're doing body strength workouts cardio small muscle groups like shoulders or abs i don't have a problem with you training fasted at all Make sure that you get in that post-workout nutrition though straight away, ideally protein and carbs, ideally fast digesting, um, and and that's fine. Uh, however, if you if you really first, I will also say that training fasted, um, it is you get used to it and it it gets really easy. I remember when I first started doing it, it was horrible, and it now it's like a, it's really easy for me to just get up and do it. Um, but I will say any you don't need to wait an hour for something to digest. If you wake up and you have say um, a protein shake with some fast digesting carbs in there, um, like some fruit you uh, will probably only need to wait half an hour for that to digest instead of like a full hour and then you'll be good to go. Um, but those are my thoughts. Emma? Yeah, I think, and it's so individual, isn't it? Like some people need a full hour before or they feel sick and some people are like drinking a protein shake as they walk into the gym and just cracked straight on yeah. with it. And I think that depends on the workouts as well. Like if you're doing an at-home bodyweight workout where you're jumping around in squats, burpees and stuff, like, I couldn't do that after just downing a protein shake. 
if I was going into the gym to lift weights, yeah. I probably could, you know. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. But if I needed to, I probably would. Or, like, eating a protein bar. I could probably eat a protein bar and then just do, like, a resistance training workout, no problem. Yeah. But I wouldn't go for a run. So I think it Actually, depends on that. I, I, I find protein bars around workouts very easy to mm. go. Yeah. Go on. Um, okay, what else? I would also suggest, I think we've spoken about this before, but having a bigger meal in the evening so that you've got full glycogen stores before you go to bed and you just wake, wake up and work out. That's what I used to do. And I used to do that when I was rowing, which probably wasn't a good idea because it was like getting up and doing endurance exercise, but it was fine. And I do, and yeah. I know that some people feel quite lightheaded doing this. So as Chloe's saying, like sometimes it's getting used to it or sometimes it's just like that doesn't suit you. So I would yeah. give it a try and see how you feel. The other aspect that comes into this massively is the belief that you need to work out before training. So I think you might be telling yourself, oh, I've got nothing, like I'm on empty, I've got nothing. When actually you've got plenty of energy, you've got plenty of glycogen in your muscles and you can absolutely do this workout. But it's like, oh, well, I've not eaten. Yeah. So that's probably why I have no energy. So it, it can be like a little bit in your head as well. Okay, next Real question. Point. Husband has booked an impromptu camping trip ne- next weekend. I hope it's sunny. And I'm stressing about food already. I find it much more difficult when I'm away from home. Any tips? Um, first of all, read the, the, the file that I put up yesterday. How uh, timely. File, but it is on the Facebook. Huh? Saying how timely that you just put that up. I know. So read the file that I, it is on the Facebook group. <clears throat> it's only assigned to the graduates in the app. Um, but have a read of it. Um, and I basically talk you through a really good, really like tips, uh, tips and tricks to do before you go away to help you stay on track. And also look, <clears throat> don't do what I did in the beginning of my relationship with my now husband and kind of either ruin the lead up to a trip or ruin the trip itself. Cause you're panicking about food. It is life is too short. It is not worth it. Enjoy it. Have fun. If you find yourself getting overly freaked out, just, willingly drop the ball on your diet just just do it just let it go yeah. we'll deal with it when you come back but there is a file on the facebook group called diet hacks uh holiday hacks which i liked because it's alliterated Ooh. Emma. uh i would agree like i mean how long are you going camping a couple of days it's not gonna make and it's not a couple of days of like massively eating it's a couple of days of you're probably walking loads you know, you'll have some nice campfire meals, I imagine. It's not going to be necessarily massively overeating. I would just say, be sensible and enjoy it. And then once you get back, you get back straight on track. That's it. Done. Yeah. And also just the one of the points that I just say over and over and over and over and over and over and over again in the file is you can never go wrong with protein and veg. You can never go wrong with protein and veg. It's or- healthy. It's filling. It's low calorie. Oh, I thought this was like going to be turning into a song. I like that. We should turn, We should also tune it. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Also, protein bars. Take a couple of protein bars. Little snacks. Okay. Any tips for stopping your brain thinking effort when you're close to your target? I had a target which I am 1.5 pounds away from. This is the point where I start to think, oh, one piece of chocolate won't matter. Or I'll have another and just go off plan with the gym. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so there's, I have like some behavioral tricks. Um, I think a really good way, huh, if you give yourself a refeed day or like, uh, or even two consecutive refeed days and you up your calories a little bit and you allow your body to have those things that you think might be, might pull you out of your deficit that day or that week, um, it can be a really nice motivator then say if you do it Saturday, Sunday or Sunday on the Monday to get right back in it and smash it. And you'll probably find that you hit your target in the following week or two after that refeed. Um, so that's a really nice kind of intercept. Um, and it's kind of a way to give you a bit of a break, give you what you think you need, but keep you well and truly structured and on plan. And then, and then kind of psychologically trick you into being like, okay, it's Monday. I'm going to smash it. Um, the only tricky part of that advice is be aware a refeed day is a very structured increase in calories, ideally via carbohydrate. It is not a quote unquote cheat day. It is not a free for all. It is structured, but it might help give you that little bit more food, which might help give you that little bit more of a mental and physical push in the following days. Emma. I would say one won't hurt until like the mentality of one won't hurt kicks in because like one gin isn't gonna make any difference but when you start it getting in that mentality of oh one gin won't hurt oh one piece of chocolate won't hurt oh one like extra portion of whatever won't hurt then it does tend to hurt but what actually like you obviously hadn't seen this yet but the next part of the question is how do you know when you have finished your fat loss phase so she says i know this is very personal for everyone but any steer in the right direction would be good. I'm at my initial weight target in 1.5 pounds, as I've said. I'm happy with my overall size. I have abs starting to show. Still carry a little bit of fat around the bottom of my tummy. My arms are thinner, but I would like more definition. Tops of my thighs are a little bit wobbly, but I'm not massively fussed about this. I like my overall size, but I'd like to be more defined. Uh, I know this requires more fat loss, but I wouldn't really want to get any smaller if that makes sense. I'm a size eight now, which is the smallest I've been in my adult life. Is it better to do some muscle building? Yes. After I've lost the last couple (laughs) of pounds (laughs) and another fat loss phase later on in the year. So I don't know if you even need to lose the last couple of pounds. I think where you're sitting is probably a very good place to build muscle. And You don't have to bulk. Like people seem to think that you're in a very strict fat loss phase or muscle building phase. Like you're in a huge calorie deficit or a huge calorie surplus. I honestly think, because I've seen it with so many of my clients, if you sit around where you're describing you are and start lifting weights and start making sure you're getting enough protein, getting enough calories, but, but probably not that much more calories than you're already on you will see body composition changes. And I think what people forget when they say things like you can't lose muscle and, sorry, you can't lose fat and build muscle at the same time is that if you just build muscle, but your total amount of body fat stayed the same, your body fat percentage would decrease. So your body composition will change even if you don't lose any fat, but you're just being able to build a little bit of muscle. So I would definitely start focusing on building muscle. I don't think you need to up your calories massively, possibly by about 20% from your deficit calories. So you're sitting, that will probably sit you just above maintenance because we we put you in about 20% deficit. 
you will have had some metabolic adaptation to reducing that weight, which means that if we increase by 20% again, you're probably going to sit around maintenance, but just erring on the side of a surplus, which is exactly where we want you to build muscle. Thoughts? I'm just thinking as you're talking. Um, I, I love everything Emma just said. Um, so first thing, um, okay, so first thing, how do you know when you're done with your fat loss phase? Uh, it's completely subjective to you. When you've hit the goal that you set out for, or if you're looking at yourself and you're feeling like, I could do it for another week and see what happens, or I could go for another fortnight and see what happens. Um, what I would say is I don't like, I tend to, for myself and for my clients, have anywhere between like an eight to 24 weeks. So that's two months to six months finish of that fat loss phase, somewhere in that bracket, which is when I then um, start to focus more on a muscle building goal. And Emmy's completely right. There's this whole weird idea that like you then have to bulk, which isn't, a, a, it shouldn't even be a thing. It's as annoying as toning. Um, and you have to like throw loads of calories in your body and get fat as fuck. Uh, because you're because you're gaining muscle, you don't need to do that at all. You work you work your way up back up to maintenance, which will be somewhere around that two thousand calorie mark. You could be a little below that or a little bit above that. You pretty much yes, you might gain a little bit of body fat on route, but you're pretty much going to stay around ish the same. And as Emma said, once you start to build muscle and that starts to take effect, and your training really picks up and your body composition changes, you'll be surprised at what your body will start to look like. Um, uh, without you having to go into a fat loss phase. Uh, so those are my thoughts. And yeah, I agree with, with everything Emma said. Okay, great. Hopefully that was useful. Mm. Right, this isn't a question, but it's just a public service announcement from Debs. She just wants to say a massive <laughs> thank you for the last 12 weeks. So she's a graduate. Um, it's been beyond anything I could have ever imagined or hoped for. Aside from the very obvious physical changes in my body, I mean, let's just reiterate, very obvious. I have learned, number one, <laughs> to appreciate how lucky I am to be in a healthy body that is capable of incredible things. Number two, to focus on things I can change and accept the things I can't. Number three, yes. that, when you look at, that when you look after your body and treat it with respect, it repays you in kind. Oh, love this. Number four, uh, that working with your body, not against it, will get you the results and get you where you want to be. Number five, yes. that it's never too late to work. Sorry, that it's never too late to work for the body that you've always wanted. Oh, what? What, what is that? Is better than our commandments, Deb's commandments. Oh my god, I'm saving these for the marketing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you see that on the next like... advert of yeah. like guys join. In fact, yeah, probably will. It sounds better coming from you guys as well because. We obviously yeah. think the program's great. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we're narcissists because hell. So well, no, but like, no, if, we I didn't, love that. if we didn't think it was great, then we would make. Do you know we we would change it? Oh, a hundred percent. I don't think that you can be. I don't think that you can be successful at your job if you don't really have an ego about it and think that you're banging. I mean, I think Emma and I are like the best people in the field and I love it like I really think it's like in terms of this specific thing obviously yeah. like we don't you know not it's not a blanket statement about everything but in terms of like body fat or like muscle building or like tra body transformation I think especially like with women but also with men I think we can really get you to where you want to be in both an emotional psychological mental physical practical way obviously yeah. but yeah when you guys say it, it's better it's a better selling point 
yeah for sure but I agree I think especially in this sort of market where, where women have potentially tried so many things before and mm. they're almost giving up on dieting or they, they feel like they've been dieting their whole life and that they've like failed on diets before I think yeah. for us like, like those are those are who I enjoy working with the most anyway like yeah. and being able to show them that it doesn't have to be that hard and that you can get results and that if if you follow our principles and you place your effort where it's going to get the most reward then you will see results yeah right agreed the majority of my weight is around my tummy do I need to manage my carb fat or sugar intake or do I just need to keep focusing on calories I also I Oh, I also struggle to hit my calorie intake. I always seem to hit around 1450. Is that okay? I am hitting my protein target. Okay, I'm going to let Emma take it just after I say we have had this conversation so many times now. And I've told you so many times. Body fat is about being, body fat reduction is about being in a calorie deficit. So you eat less than you expend. And when you do that, your body needs fuel. So it goes to your adipose tissue for energy that's your body fat you cannot spot fat reduce i could i have bingo wings i have saddlebags i have a attire these are these are not my words by the way these are the words that i hear pretty much daily and have done for years it, it you can't target that area and anyone who tells you that you can by you know reducing soy and increasing magnet it's bullshit it's bullshit there's only one way to do it it's called liposuction and even that's temporary it's going to come back and actually studies are now starting to show that it really messes with your body fat distribution down the line so be very careful with liposuction yeah. liposuction is um, like the worst thing you can do yeah it's like it's such a stupid thing to do but it's the only but it's the only spot fat reduction thing there is and even then it's temporary um so please just just bear that in mind it's not about fats or carbs um, hit your calories, hit your protein. And by the way, 1450, if you're eating that and you're satiated and you're fine and you don't need more food, great. And the same applies to if you're hitting 1350. Um, it's only when you start to really struggle that you need to reach out to us. But I'm going to let Emma now tackle this question because I've said it so many times and I just don't think, I think Emma needs to come in on it. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'm going to go in on the liposuction first because I love this topic. <laughs> But essentially, yeah. we all have, when we get to adulthood, a set amount of fat cells. So that doesn't really yeah. change in adulthood. They just get bigger or smaller depending on how much energy is stored in them. Now, what you're doing with liposuction is taking away those fat cells. So you've reduced the amount of fat cells that you have. And that seems fine. You're like, oh, yeah, less fat cells, less fat. Fine. But it's reducing your capacity to store fat safely. So the problem with like storing fat like in terms of your metabolic health and your disease risk is that your fat cells become stretched and they start releasing um, like in inflammatory markers. And that's what causes things yeah. like insulin resistance. And that's what causes type two diabetes. So that's when things become troublesome. Now, if you have less fat cells, that means that at a lower BMI or, or carrying less body fat, you are going to start getting these metabolic complications. So it is like the most stupid thing you can do. And the other point to make is that it's almost definite that you're going to get that fat back because you've not learned anything. Like <laughs> someone has just come and, and like, say Chloe and I came and gave you the perfect body. You won't be able to maintain it because you don't know how to maintain it. Like you would go back to where you started eventually. Yeah. And that's what's really scary about liposuction is that 
like you've not changed your lifestyle which means you're still probably eating too much and moving too little which means you're going to store body fat again but you won't have the capacity to store that body fat safely so yeah. no liposuction back to the question i would say yeah like carbs fat sugars don't really matter it is just about calories but it's also not just about calories in the sense of like that's your foundation is if you want to lose body fat you must be in a calorie deficit now on top of that we want you to focus on things like getting variety in your diet getting lots of fruit and veg in your diet getting healthy fat sources in getting fiber in and also enjoying food and that's what you want to focus on over and above your calorie target and obviously protein as well but yeah don't stress that storing fat around your tummy is related to how many carbs you're eating or how much sugar you're eating and in fact the only thing that sorry go ahead no, I was going to say, I think if it is the person I think it is, and I think it is, but I think she is really concerned. She's seeing everywhere on her body slim down, but her stomach. And I've told her that, and this applies to all of you, you're more stubborn fat stores that where you hold more fat and always don't always take forever to respond. They are going to respond last. And the reason they're going to respond last is because A, you're storing more body fat there. So there's more for you to lose there. And B, because this is where you genetically hold your fat and you can't change your genetics. All it means is that it might take you a little bit longer to get to get the kind of result in that specific area you want. It means consistency and patience and being five weeks into a fat loss plan and wondering why it's not gone yet. It is where you genetically hold your fat and you have a lot of it there. It's not going to go in five weeks. It might take five months. You have to be patient. You have to be consistent. You have to persevere. So, I, you know, it's like every week it's like, you know, my stomach, my stomach, my stomach. I'm like, it, is, it takes time. Sorry, Emma, go The on. other thing it might be, and I hope this isn't offensive, although I don't know why it would be offensive because we all go through it. But when you reach the menopause or when you're perimenopausal, your estrogen levels reduce and that can mean that you start storing fat more around your tummy and part of that reason that you can think of it like men tend to store more fat around their middle and when we have reduced estrogen levels we tend to start storing more fat around our middle as well so if you're sort of of that age it that might be a factor now people that then the next question is how do I stop that happening you can't like you know we all go through the menopause like it will happen HRT so hormone replacement therapy that you would need to speak to your doctor with like we are not medical professionals like go and speak to your doctor if that is suitable for you and it is not suitable for everyone and there are really serious reasons why it's not such as cancer risk so do speak to your doctor about it obviously it'd be prescribed by them anyway but that could potentially have um that could mean that your estrogen levels would be higher and thus you wouldn't store as much around your middle but yeah, that if that is a concern, then go and speak to your doctor about that. Yeah. Right. Good point. Is all protein equal? As in, does protein per gram from what we would recognise as traditional protein sources, i.e. poultry, fish, meat, slash whatever, have the same nutritional quality and properties of the smaller amount of protein found in other foods, for example, cake and bread? <laughs> Emma I'll let you go first so simply no and one of the reasons for that is your so people call this like the essential or the amino acid profile of the meat that you're eating or sorry of the protein source that you're eating or the food that you're eating that has protein in it so we tend to find 
um, <coughs> complete proteins. And when we say a complete protein, we mean a protein with all of the essential amino acids in. That tends to be animal sources and soy. And I think there might be a couple of other like plant-based sources that do have the full essential amino acid spectrum. And by that, we mean that um, there are certain amino acids that your body can synthesize on its own, but there are certain ones that it can't and it needs to get from food. And that's what's in complete proteins is these essential amino acids. Uh, and that that's probably like the, one of the main differences. You could even like, if you wanted to go like really deep into this, some people even argue that things like pork isn't as good as chicken because pork has less leucine in it which is one of the essential amino acids um but that's kind of getting into the nitty-gritty it's not really necessary unless you're only eating pork for some reason or i don't know <laughs> do you have anything to add on that one yeah i yeah i uh, you know essential amino acids that's the macronutrient the reason why it's a macronutrient is because it's essential that your body gets it from nutrition um, and that will really fall under animal protein and as emma said a few plant-based proteins including soy mycoprotein and i think there's another one um uh it, yeah you 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 need your body will already make as emma said um amino acids but it won't make essential amino acids, which is the full amino acid profile that you need. Uh, so, yeah, I would really just focus on getting in the, your what what you would class as your typical, obvious, archetypal sources of protein. Yeah, I think the only time this really like I've really noticed this almost being a problem with clients or something I've had to address is when someone's on quite high calories. So, for example, say they are trying to build muscle. Maybe it's a man and he's on like. 4,000 calories or something then you actually hit quite a high protein level without eating like protein sources like your traditional protein sources so you could get quite a lot of protein from say something like pasta which doesn't have much protein in it purely because of the volume of food that you're eating yeah. or like the amount of food that you're eating but for us women like unfortunately not <laughs> like it's not been a problem for me <laughs> We don't get to, oh, it's so annoying. Like James, like James is seeing like the scales go up. His body's looking better and better and better. And he's just I know, that's phenomenal. Calories. I could kill him. <laughs> like, I hate you. I walked in this morning. He was on his like second packet of Oreo cookies. And I was like, and I'm, I'm in a fat loss phase. I am hungry, right? I am today ravenous. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm in a fat loss phase. Guys, also, you have to be aware of this. It is going to happen sometimes. You're going to have hours of the day or sometimes even days of the week where you're just so hungry and that's part of being in a fatless space so today i'm just like it's going to be a really high fiber day i know that and i'm just like so, like so jealous of everything he's shoving in his cake hole <laughs> you're like mm, this cucumber tastes just like an oreo <laughs> <laughs> you actually really like cucumber yeah me too it's great right i've been yeah. quite bloated for the last week and trying to monitor why this might be uh reactions to food in my diet hydration levels etc I'm in the ovulation stage of my cycle. Is it likely to be a contributing factor? I appreciate everyone is different, but just wondering if there is a phase where this might be more typical. Emma? Well, you might be... So when you're ovulating, you get a rise in estrogen. And this can cause water retention. 
and it's usually about like the week ish before your period where you would have the most water retention but I wouldn't say it's so much like bloating as and I think obviously different women are affected differently so it could be a bit of bloating but it seems to be more just like puffy yeah like it's tricky it's tricky because it's so subjective I can feel when I'm ovulating I know that sounds really weird so can one of my friends and oh so um, can Hayley who we are having on the podcast on Friday I'm always joking with her I'm like oh she's like I can always tell what stage of the cycle people are in I'm like oh what stage am I in like can you smell (laughs) what that might be able to do that actually um everyone is different is what I'm trying to say so it it could be however I would be more inclined to think that it is a food source I'd be more inclined to think that it might be something um fibrous like a cruciferous veg such as a broccoli a cauliflower a cabbage um or if you're having those bare naked noodles they will bloat you the noodles (laughs) will funnily funnily enough the rice tends to just go through you but the noodles will bloat you weirdly um and I would also think of things like uh, if you're having like protein powders, that can have a, an effect on your digestive system. Um, so I would I would be more inclined to think it might be that. But yeah, look, I mean, you can get bloating if you're just stressed out. I mean, so it, there's there's nothing to say that it isn't something that's not nutritional. Um, you might just need to kind of monitor it and try and think and try and try and like map it out. Yeah, agreed. I think what you're doing is perfect because it already says that you're like sort of keeping a track on what you're eating and how that's affecting you and things. So that's ideal. And I would just keep doing that. And also, and like add this into the mix, like, oh, what time of the month do I maybe feel more bloated at? And then there's not really anything you can do about it, unfortunately, but at least you'll know, oh, okay, I'm I'm a week before my period. That's why I weigh a bit more and like you don't stress out about it. Or that's why I feel a bit bloated. Okay. Okay. I'm going to drop my calories this week. I've done two weeks at uh, 1800. I've done two weeks at 1750. And I'm going to experiment with 1700. Um, Is it fine during... No, sorry. It is fine during the week, although tougher on the weekend. Could I plan for 1800 calories Saturday and Sunday? Two words. Average calories. Yes, you'll be absolutely... Well, if you want to, like, drop your calories by a little bit during the week and average out 1,700, great. Yeah. I would yeah. say, yeah, calculate how how many calories you've been on seven days a week up until this point. And then if you want to drop your calories, uh, drop them, but then you need to average out how many you have Monday through Friday and then how many you have Saturday and Sunday so that you're still in that drop. You're still in the, in the new deficit that you've created for yourself. Or you can average out how many you've been having in the last couple weeks and then yeah exactly like emma said drop it a little bit monday through friday and then hit that total average saturday sunday but yeah a really good guys some of you we've talked about this so many times we want consistency it's really going to help with your adherence your results your digestive system the whole thing but if you do want to play around with it just make sure that no matter what you do you have your average weekly intake and you play around with it within that bracket don't just be like oh today's a refeed day and you have like 500 more calories which will pull you right out of your weekly deficit don't do that yeah yeah and I think with like 1700 calories you can get you can definitely save some calories for the weekend what we were concerned about I think last week was people on like 1400 calories trying to save calories for the weekend like that's 
really not easy to do. Okay, last two questions. Right, we can go in a little bit on this one. So it's it's basically just wondering why my doesn't my why my body doesn't seem to have been responding yet, apart from a little definition in my quads. So at this stage, I would say if it's you know, look back, like have you actually been consistent? Have you been consistently hitting calories, steps, um, workouts, protein over the the last four and a bit weeks? If you have, then it's time to change something. If you haven't, which is okay, then it's time to get consistent. Like those are sort of your two options. It's either I have stuck to this plan and I've not got results yet, which means that maybe your calories were a little bit too high, or I haven't actually stuck to this plan consistently. Let me make a plan to do so. It's absolutely fine to say I couldn't stick to 1600 calories. Okay, cool. Is that because it was too restrictive or is that because you didn't plan well and you just sort of like ate each day as it went and then at the end of the day we're like oh turns out I've eaten almost 2,000 calories today plan ahead thoughts agree I think the first port of call when someone's like I'm really but I will say this is this a woman or a man who said that about the um I let wait you continue and I will Okay, so I will say one thing. Women typically do send, uh, tend to store the majority of their body fat on their lower body. So if you're seeing quad definition, that's quite a good indicator that you are actually dropping body fat. Um, however, yeah, the first port of call that you have to look at is exactly what I said. Have you been consistent? And you might think you have. I urge you to reassess and look at it, okay? Or you might know that you haven't and be like, why aren't I getting the results? And I, I'm trying to make changes and I'm pretty much there, but you're not quite. If you haven't been consistent, you don't need to change anything. You need to get consistent. Exactly what Emma said, bang on point. Then if you're going to turn around and be like, I swear to God, because this has happened to me multiple times, I am hitting everything to the letter and nothing is changing, then yeah, you need to dig deeper into a deficit. Um, and that's just the way it is. You know, if you're if you're hitting 10 to 12,000 steps, if you're doing, you know, five to six workouts a week, if you're you're hitting your 1500 calories like to the letter and you know that you are I'm really sorry but you're one of those people that's just going to have to dig a bit deeper and again that's me probably because of my dieting history probably a bit to do with my hormones but I do have to get pretty aggressive and and I've had clients that do too yeah and sometimes that is for various things like dieting history or hormones or like other like contributing factors sometimes it's that you're not accurate at tracking but in some yeah. ways it doesn't massively matter. Like as in, if you're if you're adamant that you're hitting 1500 calories, but you're not, like in real terms, you're hitting 1800 calories. Does it really matter that we drop your calories by 200? It's more that people think, oh my God, 1300 calories, that's massively low. But if realistically tracking 1300 calories is actually 1500 calories, sometimes that happens with clients and you're kind of like, Pretty, like I mean the other thing you can do and this would be more if you want to work with a one-to-one coach is like send I get clients to send me photographs of food because sometimes they're tracking and I'm like mm, I think you'd be losing on these calories in fact I'm like I would bet my house that you'd be losing on these calories so something isn't quite right which is no like failure on your part or anything it just means that we have to figure out where that is and then change it if we need to change it or lower your calories and the knowledge that actually they're a bit higher yeah 
Agreed. Okay, last, uh, is this a question? Did you time that bloody well? Oh, I told you I prepped for this. Oh, so the last no, it really bit, pays off. The last bit isn't a question. It's, um, she just says that she loves listening to the podcast while she does the workouts because she feels like we're watching her. So if you are now listening while working out, we are watching you, Roz, do some more burpees or something. Yeah. Yeah, Roz. <laughs> my auntie's called Roz. I love her. She's amazing. Anyway, I won't get sidetracked by my auntie Roz. <laughs> but I will say, I love it. Did you see the other day? I think we might have already talked about it when someone was like, in my head, Chloe's yelling at me and Emma's the really nice one. <laughs> I was like, yep. Oh my God. Imagine if we brought James into the, the ECJ method. Oh my God. You'd all be in hell. Everyone was like, it was really motivating. I was like, give it two weeks. <laughs> it's like, he goes to, what did he say to me last night? He was like, um, what did he say? He, like, I was like musing about maybe when it's my birthday next week, maybe having some cake. And he was like, get some discipline. I was like, okay. <laughs> See, that's the kind of part you, partner you need, though, because most partners would be like, yeah, just eat some cake. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's so true. what is wrong with you? No, he's, he's so good at it. I'm such, like, I, like, literally, I can't win. Like, either people don't give me cake and I hate them for it, or they give me cake and I hate them yeah. for it. <laughs> oh, well. Emma, Aww. that was a fantastic, um, well-prepared Q&A. Well done. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We shall be back on, oh, wait. Thursday yeah yeah Thursday this week I'll put something up on the group um okay. look guys we might have to now that lockdown is easing up I promise you we're not going to start pulling content at all but we just when it comes to the lives we might have to be a little bit more fluid about it but this week it'll be Thursday and Friday yeah but the thing is like you can watch this back obviously it's gonna be it's, yeah. I always try and put it out on the podcast within like the same day hopefully and yeah. so you'll, you'll always have that. And if you're listening to it, I think 90% of people listen to it back. And if they're like, happen to be on their phone, they're like, huh, let's click on it. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think the podcast is where probably most people listen. Yeah. Getting their as, long as, you guys get, as long as you're getting your content, we're, we're cool to keep it a little bit more fluid, but we will keep trying, keep, keep trying to make that Wednesday yeah. day work. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, peace.